This is a Sport Australia podcast production. Hello and welcome to our coaching and officiating podcast series. My name is Cam Trudell and I'm the project lead for coaching and officiating at Sport Australia. Over this series, we will look at what it takes to modernise Australia's coaching and officiating system. Each podcast, we will be joined by a special guest who will share experiences and practical tips on their topics. Today, I'm pleased to be joined by two individuals with a truly unique story to tell. Mel Perrine, who is a B2 classified visually impaired para-alpine snow sport athlete, and Bobby Kelly, who has been Mel's site guide since 2019 and a coach at her local club in Perisher. Mel and Bobby have a great partnership that saw Mel win a gold and silver medal at the Women's Super Combined Visually Impaired 2019 World Para Alpine Skiing Championships. Both are hoping Mel will make it to her fourth Winter Paralympic Games in Beijing in 2022. Mel and Bobby, welcome and thanks for joining us. I want to take you back to the beginning. Mel, I'm really keen to know where did it all start? Where did your love for racing come from? And who got you in? Who got you hooked? And what were your motivations? I guess my love of racing originally came from a development ski camp that I went on after I finished high school. Uh, I didn't want to go into uni straight away and I just wanted to learn more about skiing. I think at that point in time, I was just a recreational athlete. Uh, so I went over to Canada for two months and I had a development coach over there who basically uh, showed me the ropes in ski racing, gave me a bunch of technical and tactical information. Um, and I just fell in love with the highly competitive nature of it. I'd always been an athlete and it was just something that felt supernatural to me. Uh, I love speed. I love competition and skiing. It always been a massive part of my life all through my teen, teen years. And this was just, it was like an avenue to a way that I could continue exploring that. And I just loved it from the first, from the first time I, I was in a, a race course. It was just, it, it was awesome. Loved every second of it. Came back to Australia, eventually found my way to uni. And then I think in 2009, after another year at the development camps, the same one, I was put in touch with the Australian head coach and he watched me ski and then invited me to join the national team. Do you remember the environment? Do you remember what traits those coaches had back on the day, how they created the right environment for you? I think the the great thing about that development camp was it was everybody was a, a development athlete. So the information about ski racing and about technical ability and uh, what we needed to work on from ski tuning, boot, can, like everything um, was spoon fed to us in a really uh, clear and direct way. Like we knew exactly what was going on. And also the coach was super supportive of our, of our journeys and the fact that, you know, some of us didn't know as much as each other and he was so approachable um, and really open to that sort of level of communication. And then moving into the national team, that early coaching was a little bit different, but it was still recognized that I was a young athlete. And so things were kind of given to me at a little bit of a different level than a lot of the other athletes. But again, it was a massive supportive environment from from the coaches that were really pushing me to learn, but because they actually cared about my development as an athlete and the fact that they wanted to be, to be safe and perform really well on a ski hill. And I think that really helped me stay in the sport as a young athlete. 
You've got a, a unique relationship, especially with uh, Bobby, who joins us as well. And Bobby, you're a coach in your own right. You work as the the guide for Mel on the slopes and in performance. How did you get into this role? What was your entry into being drawn to to playing this role? I grew up skiing in Perisher. So both my parents worked for the ski resort. That allowed me and my siblings to grow up skiing and having fun along the mountain. Um, That led me to start ski racing myself. I competed till I was around 19, 20. And because I loved the sport so much, I just started coaching just at the local club and uh, a good friend of mine Christian Geiger who was Mel's old guide and coach for the team uh, asked me a couple times to guide Mel however I wasn't really it wasn't the right timing for me because I was focusing so much on my coaching but after the Pyeongchang games uh, I decided it was a good time for me to start skiing with Mel and I've been skiing with Mel and skiing and coaching part-time ever since. The relationship that you've got in the way that you compete together is quite unique. You seem in sync. You seem very, very connected. Your communication is is incredible. And I guess it's got to be knowing the nature of of the sport. I'm keen to understand, potentially, Mel, where did that start from? How did you start to build the relationship with Bobby so that you could start to get, you know, so in tune with each other and, and understand how best to work together? I think Bobby and I really got along quite well right from the start, actually. Uh, Bob's was a little bit nervous the first time we met, uh, the first time she skied in front of me, um, to the point where I think I was back in, in ski school as a 13-year-old. But um, we, we, I don't know, we quickly just through, it was really, it was a very open conversation very quickly about what I could and couldn't do. And I think that's kind of set the tone for our entire uh, ski partnership. You know, we're we're both incredibly open. We're both incredibly honest with each other all the time. And just outside of skiing, like we found out pretty quickly that we were, you know, we we're on the same wavelength with a lot of things. Like I think our core values are very similar. So we we laugh a lot together. We have a lot of fun uh, together off the mountain. Um, you know, we're always chatting even when it's not ski season. So. I think the fact that we get on and that we we share those core values and we set the tone right from the start that like open communication was going to be our thing, that pretty much kickstarted an awesome partnership and we've just built on that the longer we've spent together. Bobby, from your perspective, the role that you play is guide, but is there much coaching that goes on between the two of you on how you can both work together? So what's the feedback mechanism that you give to each other to optimise what you're doing so you can both play the role that you're playing so you can be as fast as you can in competition? So obviously we have the coach's feedback. However, we do talk a lot, all obviously all the time to each other. We're always giving each other feedback, uh, always learning off each other. Yeah, it's just constant chatting between each other, talking, um, trying to figure out things ourselves a lot of the time. Like, obviously, the coaches can't hear what we're saying all the time. So it's just that constant feedback, trying what works and what doesn't work and 
actually we just started journaling so it's writing what works for us and what doesn't so we just keep it as consistent as possible when you talk about the coaches that come over the top you've got these problems that you're trying to solve and the, and the problem can be we want to learn how to communicate better we want to uh, learn you know how we can uh, get our technique in sync around certain areas what are some of those safe environments that you create with other coaches to then problem solve with you what does that look like and who tends to facilitate that I, I think it's a bit of both. We're, we're very lucky and fortunate in the way, in the sense that we have a very good relationship with our coaches. We're, we're all both very open with each other and sometimes the coaches will bring something up that we need to work on or other, sometimes it's the other way around and we're happy to sometimes say, oh, no, we think differently. And sometimes they may, may, may say the same. It's a lot of problem solving, like Mel said, and it does come from not just the coaches and us. It can sometimes come from the athlete. We have family video sessions where we sit with the whole team and we discuss each other's skiing and um, brainstorm together. So it, it's a very like we're all learning together. We're all trying to figure out something together more so than just one side. How does that work for you Mel when you've got these people all problem solving together with you and then you're optimizing is there a feedback loop when you do come up with a plan and then you go back to the group to say we tried these five things that we sort of agreed on didn't quite work for us or these three things worked really well can you think of an example where that's come to life for you a lot of our problem solving done like is done not only in that the athlete to athlete kind of communication space, but also the athlete to coach communication space. And a lot of the, the feedback loop that you just described in terms of, you know, communicating back um, as to what worked and what didn't, uh, I think happens differently for both of those groups. Um, so with, with our coaches, it's more of a, a formal, like after every run or after every two to three runs, we're just like, listen, we tried that stuff that we talked about in video, um, this worked, that didn't work. And then we also discuss the language that we use as well. So, you know, a, a coach might um, give a cue to me about a certain body position or what, like what uh, in, in skiing, a specific example was he wanted me to like round my shoulders out a bit more rather than uh, opening up my chest constantly. And to me, that didn't make sense in my body. So I was just like, oh, okay, uh, well, I think of it like this. And I just like, for me, it's like pulling, like pulling my diaphragm up, which kind of creates a bit more tension through my core. And that's just how it made sense in my brain. Um, and now the communication loop is he uses the same language that I communicated to him that he gives back to me to make sure that we're always on the same page with our language, um, which makes a really consistent level kind of communication board. Um, and that's just like one specific example, but that applies in a lot of our conversations, whether it's tactical or technical, like our coaches are always interested in the language that Bobby and I use when we talk to each other so that they can communicate, they can give us instruction that makes sense in that, in that space that we've already created. Um, so we tell them what works in our partnership and then they try and communicate on the same level. Um, so that's very formal. And then, informal it's more informal with other athletes other athletes were just like oh yeah that thing worked really cool um like worked really well or you know we tried that and then gosh that run was totally crappy sort of thing so that's a little bit less formal but we can all see what every everyone's working on and it's 
the athletes um, because they're outside that super level communication kind of field that the coaches and us maintain, they can sometimes see or throw a, a throw different words in or throw a different perspective in that changes the perceptive for everyone, which can, you know, help us overcome plateaus. The coach's ability to adapt the way they communicate is key to this clearly because you both are obviously very clear on what you communicate and how you communicate. I'm interested in, Bobby, as the guide, you're going down the hill, things are starting to go wrong. What happens in your mind with regards to something's not quite there? How do you maintain your level of clear communication? Because that's key, right? What are the processes you go through to to maintain your your head and, and mind space? Describing guiding to people, it's almost like you're juggling a ball and then people are throwing all these questions. One person's asking you a mathematical question. One person's asking you a science question and you have to keep juggling the the balls as perfectly as possible. And you have to just stay focused and still do the job at hand. So I originally was very overwhelmed by this because... Mel's this amazing athlete who I have so much respect for. I never really wanted to let her down or screw up. However, I think over this period of skiing with Mel, we've figured out what works best for us um, as a team. And that's something that just, I guess, has come with time. Every uh, guide and athlete uh, will work differently. And that's a part of a journey as a team. I tend to take on information and I guess even say information a, a lot more simply than what Mel does. Mel takes on a lot of information and <laughs> she can describe things very elegantly and I'm, I'm just really basic. So I guess something that's really worked for us is Mel does a lot, she counts um, and she relays information when we inspect and then when we run through the courses And I kind of say what's happening in front of me and kind of react to things very clear and simply as possible, really. And that's something that I guess I've had to work on as well. Like for Mel, her uh, senses are quite enheightened. So that means when I speak, I have to try and keep the same tone. I don't want to raise my voice too loud if something's about like happened that was unexpected. I try and just keep my cool and just try and focus on the task at hand and say it as simply as possible. <laughs> There's no real chance, like time to muck around really. So I just try and stay focused. It's a unique skill in its own because you're also skiing yourself and you're giving that guide. And then you've got, as you say, an incredible athlete in Mel who not much she can't do on these slopes. So I'm interested in that, in that do you do coaching independently of each other? Like will you go and work on different things? And what does that look like? What what would you work on, Mel, away from Bobby? What are some of the things that you would do with other coaches without Bobby being there? And part two of that is what's it like when you then come back together and you've got some slightly new nuances or you've got some, some differences? How do you integrate that into what you do? So I think the fun thing is with uh, being visually impaired is I could never go away from Bobby. <laughs> I need her. Um, but we we have started to figure out uh, a way that we can actually do that because sometimes you just can't focus on your own skiing if you've got either someone in front of you or someone behind you. So we do this thing when we're struggling with new drills or a concept that we're just not clicking into. We do this thing called leapfrogging. So sometimes um, I'll stay in one spot and Bobby will ski away until like the end of our, our comm system range. 
And then, but then she'd give me information about the slope in front of me and where she's going and point me exactly where the fall line is. Uh, And because she's given me that information, I can then ski towards her with her guiding me um, vocally, but not having her in front of me. And that will then allow me to work on whatever I'm working on and Bobby to work whatever she's working on without having to worry about each other. But that's about as far away from each other as we ever get. Bob, if you're working on a, a new skill or you're working on things that are going to enhance you from a guide perspective, do you do everything with Mel when you're trying out new things or do you practice some things externally and then try and optimise? I'm fortunate enough that I work at a ski I'm always on the snow. I Like I live on the snow. So I'm constantly testing out new things and skiing is whenever I can. I am lucky I do go out and just work on things when I can. However, if if it's a training day and I just I need to work on something and not getting it, I sometimes I just have to go. Mel, I'm sorry. Can you just like have a break? And I just need to figure out these GS skis. I just I need a couple of runs just to get going or something. <laughs> it's definitely not not as young as what I used to be, and I just need a few runs to get me sorted. As you move forward, what's the next piece for you? How do you keep striving to be better? Do you put plans in place? Like, Is it about the process to getting better and optimising what you do? Or is it about we just set our sights on a tournament to win or, a, or, or something to win? Or have you got really clear goals on what it takes to be better? I think the one thing that's you know really held true across my entire career is that the process has always been more important to me. Um, and I'm so lucky that Bobby also thinks that same sort of way. So I, I strive to be the absolute best, most competent, most technically efficient skier that I can be. Um, and I do as much as I possibly can, both on snow and off snow, to just be a better skier. And I think my first guide once, once actually, it was my first guide, um, Andrew said, he's like, you focus on the process and the results will take care of themselves. It's the process that matters. So, you know, we've got all these big over, like massive competitions coming up, but I'm super excited to get over to the Northern Hemisphere and train because I think by training, I'm going to get to, Bobby and I are going to be a better partnership. I'm going to be a better skier. And that's just going to lead to a whole bunch of fun and some cool results. Like that's what really matters to me. Bobby, is it fair to say fun is the core of everything you're doing? Yes, competition, winning is important. But realistically, it sounds like fun's a core component of this. Absolutely. I honestly couldn't think of anything better. I'm skiing with my best friend in the mountains, you know, like every day is just so much fun. Um, and I think Mel hit the nail on the head there with the process. Like, Actually, I think that's probably one of the things we're best at in terms of any, like even our communication, I would say we're really good at just trusting the process. And I know that sounds really lame when you hear it all the time, but we just focus on one run and then two runs. I'm just excited. You're like day one of training. That's all I'm thinking about leading to the next, to the Northern hemisphere and just being extraordinary at the ordinary. I think we're both really good at doing just chatting through it. I think that's key and core to everyone is the fact that having fun is really important. Understanding the process and the results will come. I think that that is a great philosophy to, to sort of hang true to. How important is it for you to maintain and keep the same communication that you've had that's got you to where you are today? 
I think we've built such a great foundation that I don't want to change our communication style. Like I trust Bobby with my life and to change any part of that, that relationship would be to, you know, undermine that trust. Bob's has like, ever since we started skating together, she's been awesome at just trying to make sure not only that I'm always safe, but that we're always striving for a high level of performance. Um, and I think both those things matter equally to me. So, um, like I said, I don't really want to change our communication style. I, 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 cause it would change the trust level and I already trust her with absolutely everything. Mel and Bobby, thank you so much for sharing your experiences with us this afternoon. Incredible insight and a lot to take away for coaches and athletes alike with regards to keeping open communication lines there for people to understand, to learn and to grow together. Thanks again. Thank you for joining me today. If you'd like to find out more about coaching officiating or have any feedback or questions, please email us at workforce at sportoz.gov.au. My name is Cam Trudell and I look forward to you joining me for the next podcast in the Coaching and Officiating series.